hairs on my body started standing on end. Silent. Nothing there. I fought to get back into my body. You are going to be a vital importance of helping us convince the masses. Type 471. Type 471. Bridge to the other world. Bridge to the other world. Welcome to Type 471. I'm Sam Kitchen. Today my guest is Christine Ann, a dogman experiencer and author. Her books are Nightmare in the Woods and The Dogman's Return. I'm very excited to speak with Christine Ann today. So, Christine, welcome to Type 471. How are you today? I'm fine, thank you. Good. I've been waiting for a very long time for a good dogman encounter to come my way, and then, sure enough, finally along comes Christine Ann, so I'm very eager to speak with you. Before we get into your experiences, why don't you tell me a little bit about yourself in a non-dogman-related way? Okay, um, I spent nearly my entire life uh, camping, hiking, swimming, being out and among nature. So I would really notice if it was not a creature other than what I said it was. I am a retired EMS worker, emergency medical service worker, author of four books, Nightmare in the Woods, Exploring the Paranormal, uh, Supernatural and Unexplained, Graham's Little Helper, and the newly released The Dogman's Return. I have four sons, um, Larry, Jefferson, James, and Joshua. And um, two little grandbaby sons, Hayden and um, Hunter. Okay, great. So you sound like a pretty together person. You know, I, I kind of had a feeling you were going to have a medical background. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so how did your dogman experiences begin? What 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 started all of that? Well, when I was visiting my brother in the eighties, it was summertime, probably the early eighties to. Um, like 81, 82, somewhere around in there. And um, we have a rule that I can't go vine swinging unless he picks the vine for me. Well, he was going off to work as a medic, and I got all mad at him, and I decided to cut down my own vine. So me and my younger brother, who's from a, a different mother, could go vine swinging, and I could show him how, how it's done, you know. And, of course, I picked the bad one, and I suffered the consequences. The tree went one way, and me and the branch went the other way. And we rolled down this mountainside there and on the East Coast. And it's very steep. It's very nasty. And um, I hit a rock. And I don't know if I was knocked out. But when I came to, there was this very, very large dog just, you know, off in the clearing. I couldn't see her very well at first. Um, but she came a little bit more into the light. I could see her. And I thought it was kind of weird that she reminded me of a hyena. Because she had spots on her face. I don't know if she had them on her body. I was looking at her face because she was the strangest looking dog I'd ever seen. And then by then, the, the two dogs that are my brothers had come down. And I guess she felt threatened by them because she stood up on her hind legs and she could walk on them. And I was like in awe of this. But I was also uh, terrified because I could smell rotted meat. And I just kept saying, you know... You guys stay here, you stay over there, trying to control the situation that I couldn't control. People ask me if you remember what color her eyes are. I don't remember that. Um, I don't remember anything other than how unusual it was for her to stand and, and move so easily on those two legs. And um, her facial features, because they, they were just so hyena-like. And her hair or her ears had little tufts of hair on them. And I've often wondered why they had that little tufts of hair. And her hair itself was more stringy than what I would have expected for a hyena. And she seemed more curious than threatening, except for when the dogs would get, you know, too riled up. And then when she heard the rescue workers coming, she, she went and hid her. She wasn't gone. And one of them said they had found a den of some sort. And when they, we did have some 
animals in the neighborhood that had gone missing. That was pretty much the end of that, you know. But it left me really scared because I did not know what it was. Yeah, that is quite bizarre. So let's just stop and and, uh, I just want to isolate a few things. I want to just kind of draw out a few more details. First of all, I think you mentioned the East Coast. What state did this happen in? I was in West Virginia. Okay. So this was like in a rural part of West Virginia, I imagine. Very rural. Okay. And you said this was in the 80s. Mm-hmm. Okay. And how old were you at the time? I was in my teens. You know, it's back when we, you walked everywhere. You didn't think about letting your kids go wild. But as you could tell from this new book I have, that was a mistake back then. <laughs> it is now, but it really was back then. You first spotted this being on all fours, and you noticed spots on the nose. Were there spots anywhere else on the body? I couldn't remember if they were or not. I was just in such... Ah, I mean, I did not think it was real at first. And then it's, yeah, it's real. And I was kept going back and forth as to what the hell is it, you know? <laughs> yeah. And, and and what was the overall hair color? Oh, that was interesting. It was sort of a, a yellowish brown mixed with like a red. So to me, it, she's, she kind of appeared and it did appear it was a she. Um, she appeared more uh, reddish brown. Unless she was in the sun directly, that she had like a gold around her. And it was kind of weird to see that. Very, very interesting. But I, I never saw her. I don't remember seeing her eyes. And yeah, that's another thing I was going to ask you about. How do you identify her as a female? This is going to sound strange, but she seemed like she had stuff up front. <laughs> Meaning, exa- you mean breasts, uh, glands of some sort? What are we talking they about? They look like some kind of glands, like they were forming into breasts maybe, but not quite there. But definitely not maleish. The the male males I've seen have broader chest overall. But also, I suspect it because she didn't seem overly tall. That maybe she might not have been fully grown yet. But I don't know. I'm not familiar with that particular species as much as I am other ones. So, are we talking about something like teats on a dog, or are we talking about more like breasts on a human? Have you ever seen teats on um, a cow or a um, a pig where they sag down a little bit, and then you have the teat? Mm-hmm, sure. That's kind of what it reminded me of. And where were these positioned on her body? Like down lower on her belly? No, they were up higher than that. Like near the chest area? Yeah, near the chest area. About where they should be. And how many were there? Uh, that was the question. The fur was too thick to follow it down any further to know if there was more because of how straggly it was, because that's what I had wanted to see, because then I know she was a dog, because she was acting way too human-like, and it was freaking me out. <laughs> she seemed like she wanted to come over there and take care of me, and I didn't want her anywhere near me, because two things caught my attention immediately. How big she was when she stood up. She had very large teeth and weird-looking hands. Yeah, let's talk about those. Her hands were like a raccoon's, only bigger, much, much bigger. The The nails were at least three to four inches long, and they curved at the end. And her teeth, I can't remember if it was the bottom or the top, but I'm pretty sure it was the bottom. They seemed to come out more over the top, and they had two very sharp canine-looking teeth. I mean, that looked like it could just crush through bone without any problem at all. It just seemed... Weird. I can't remember for sure if it was the bottom or the top of one and protruded the other one noticeably. Did you see this, these teeth set into a snout? Did she have a snout or was it, or, or did, or yeah, was she her... had a, she had a regular snout, like a dog snout. These ears that you mentioned, you mentioned tufts of hair on the ears. Were the ears large, pointed? Were they hanging down and floppy? Were they human-like, dog-like? They were a little far forward and pointy. And the hair was just on the outside and a little bit on the inside. Were these ears sticking up? Yeah, they stood up. She looked really weird. How did you come to see her teeth? Because they were protruding. (laughs) They were sticking out. Oh, okay. Because they stuck out of her mouth when her mouth was closed? Mm Mm-hmm. And I thought that was really odd. Because, you know, the only dog I know that does that is a bulldog and a hyena. Which might be why I think of her as more of a hyena. Because she did have that protruding jawline. 
I want to talk about the moment when you saw her go up on her hind legs. What happened then? How did you describe that transition as best you can, please? She just it amazed me. She went from standing on all fours to leaning back and did straight up. At first, I thought I, 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 I hallucinated it, you know, because I've seen others do the opposite. They'll bring their back legs up to the front legs and then stand up. Reminds me of more like a bear, but this one was back and straight up. So I guess it depends on what they want to do with it, how they want to stand or how they were or how they've been taught to stand. But I, I've only seen them go up without any obstacle blocking them a few times too. So I'm just going off of the movement from what I can see. And I couldn't see her as clearly if I, as I had wanted to because there was other debris in the way and we were in thick woods. And, and the lighting really wasn't the best. But we were in a clearing-type area. Because after that area, you just keep going further down that 2,000-foot drop down that hill, down that mountainside. And that gets pretty messy at the bottom. Or if you're lucky to even get that far. I'm pretty sure there's probably some cliffs to fall off before then. So, it, what, what did her legs look like? They were bowed like a dog's, kind of backwards. I think that's how you would do the, <laughs> They were like a dog's, but they kind of were kind of, it's kind of hard to explain this one. That they were real heavy on top, the knees, and then it just seemed awkward from there because her feet were like regular dog feet, only much bigger. You know, elements of what you're saying remind me very much of of Lee Kirkland's sighting. Uh, Lee Kirkland is a talent representative for James Bobo Fay and others in the uh, Bigfoot community who appear in, in media. Lee Kirkland had a, a, a dogman sighting, and he described it as looking like a lion. He, he, he said it, mm-hmm. it, the best he could describe it as being like, you know, like a cross between a human and a lion or something like that i mean I, I that just, sounds about right yeah that, that's 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 what i'm trying to say it's just really hard because i don't like to think about these earlier encounters at all because the ones i had recently frightened me so i i thought it was over the fear and the recent ones i had they brought it back and they just all melt together because they took place over a few months well, we need to get right into all of that. I want to do so in as chronological a fashion as we possibly can. So uh, what was the next encounter after this one? Well, I was not wanting, oh, well, one night was just me and my sister-in-law home. Uh, we had to call my brother at work because something kept trying to get in the back door. Well, we're right up against the woods except for the dog's kennel. And it's the only area on that street that's completely blackened out except for the front part. We never heard any noises from the front, just the back. Dogs are going nuts, so we had to call the police and everything. Um, they totally destroyed the dog's kennel. Doing what? What, what did they do? Well, as near as we could tell, they were actually after the dogs themselves. So I want to I just start from the very first detail. Like, How did this whole incident begin and unfold from there? We kept hearing whining out near the um, dog's kennel. And so um, I took a flashlight and I got the dogs, um, brought them into the house. And not long after, we kept hearing um, somebody trying to get in. But when we looked out, that wasn't what we saw. We saw just some pointy ears. And it made us nervous because it sounded like they were going to get in. We kept trying not to scream or anything, but we couldn't stop the dogs from acting up. And... um, a couple of them, and there was more than one, we don't know how many, um, destroyed the kennel because the pups were still in there and not a single one made it. Not a single one made it, meaning they killed all of them? All of them were killed, yeah. And um, after that, I, I went and stay. I, I wanted to go down to my grandma's house. And how old were you at this time? I was either 13 or 14. Okay. And did this take place in the same area of West Virginia? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was just up the hill. I had fallen down that hill. I was still all busted up as was, but still, the idea that I went out there with these things out there and didn't know it just left me terrified. How do you attribute this to the dogmen? How do you know? Like, did you see them? Mm -hmm. We saw their pointy ears when we looked out the window. 
How do you know it wasn't just coyotes or wolves? Oh, because they were walking around on the cages, you know, the cages where the light would come on occasionally on two legs. At least that's what Melinda said. I'm not going to look out the daggone window. I'm just going to take her word for it and just go with it. But right. um, that was one of the first things she said when I released uh, Nightmare in the Woods. She goes, she didn't tell the whole story. You, you mentioned that this happened at a different location. I understand that. But I had looked out the window, not you, because we needed to confirm that's what it was before we called anybody. I said, yeah, yeah, right. I remember that now. But I was... I was pretty terrified at that point. Just, you know, the idea that someone was coming in because I knew she was, had been having problems with um, a stalker too. So it could have been either or situation and and neither one was going to go down good with me. So others had seen bipedal canines on this evening. You took their word for it, stayed inside. And uh, Mm -hmm. what was the next event that happened after that? You've mentioned, uh, yeah, uh, several times when you've seen them stand, and I'm just I'm super curious to. I mean, I can tell you've seen a bunch of stuff, so I just want to get into all of it. So what what came next? Okay, so I did go down to Granny's house, and it took a while, but I couldn't stay inside. I'm not the indoors person, you know. And she asked me to take some food up to Mrs. Scratchin, and so I said, sure, why not? So I took the food up there. And she t- she's a lovely old lady. She used to tell stories about the rolling 20s when she was a young girl. And I stayed a little long. And the streetlights are just coming on. And I was heading back. And I got this feeling just a little bit from her house like I was being watched. And it was overwhelming. And I just, like, hummed to myself and keep going. It's just all in your imagination. You're just overreacting. You're scared. You know, it's just a little walk. You know, it's going to do you good, make you put up your confidence type thing. Oh, pool hockey. <laughs> I got to the post office. And out of nowhere, this huge Tom turkey just suddenly flies over my head. Well, first of all, I didn't know turkeys could fly. A second, it sounded like a 747 going over the top of my head. So, of course, I hit the dirt. Not literally. It was actually asphalt back then. And when I was scooping myself up, I noticed a foot, and then the next thing I see is a dogman sticking his head out. Same type of species. Um, his eyes were more no- noticeable. His were more yellowish, but they had like this blue hint to him too. But he had that same weird tuft of hair. I don't know what my obsession is with those ones, but they do. They have these weird tufts of hair around their ears, and they're the only species I've seen like that. So you've seen, oh, I'm sorry to interrupt, but you've seen multiple species of them. Mm Mm-hmm. All right. Yeah, I've seen at least three, maybe four. All right. I'm very anxious to hear about all that. Please continue. So um, I just picked myself up as he was coming down the rest of the way up. could tell he was much bigger than the first one. So I figured he was at least between six and a half feet to seven feet. And I did not wait for him to see what he was going to do. I just ran for it. And I begged to go home, and I went home. I went back to Arizona. It's like, I ain't staying there another minute. <laughs> I was so scared. You know, it strikes me this is very much like a modern-day Little Red Riding Hood. <laughs> I just, I had to note the parallels. You know, you're traveling from your grandmother's house and all that stuff. That's why I didn't tell anybody. Do you really work? Yeah, I had the modern-day, you know, Little Red Riding Hood. <laughs> literally get the crap scared out of me by a wolf. You know, in a state that doesn't have wolves, or at least they didn't until a few years ago when the red wolves made their way back into the territory. Yeah, that's interesting. Now that you mention it, I, I have to note the similarities between the hair color of in, in terms of in the red wolf and in what you're describing. Uh, mm-hmm. d- is there a similarity in the hair color? Am, am I understanding that correctly? You would need it for good forage in that area. I, I want to know, when you saw this being on the path, uh, or in the in the road when it stuck its head out, what exactly did it do? What happened? Oh, he just like looked at me and I was looking at it and I was like, I'm out of here. <laughs> but he he was he was curious. He was going to come down, but I think he was actually after the turkey itself. Sure. And and was he upright at that time or on all fours? Oh yeah, he he was he was upright, and that's what scared me the most. Is um, I didn't know how fast they could run then, but I do now. I have a very good idea now. <laughs> Did you see him? Um, did you see him running on on uh, bipedally? 
I seen uh, one running bipedally. Um, I believe they did the the footage along the um, along Interstate 40, if I remember right. Might have been the 260, but I think it came from Interstate 40 itself. And uh, I'm still checking to see what the artistry is behind that before I release it. But if that's if that's actually what that is, that was creepy. Uh, I would really like to see that. I mean, even if you don't release it publicly, I just want to see it for myself, if you don't mind. I'll try to get you a copy, because that thing never touches the ground. It's weird. It's almost like it's a ghost, not a... And it looked like a cross between... I, I, I don't even know. I can't even tell you. If I didn't know better, I think it was a... I can't say it, but it's spelled W-H-A-L-E-E-L-A. And it's a demon uh, that's part wolf part bear because that's what that's what that thing looks like interesting so on this uh this this occasion that we're talking about uh how when you saw him standing upright uh how tall was he yeah he was between six and a half feet to seven he because i know that particular tree he was standing next to and i know how tall the the post office is now post office itself is exactly six feet because we have people that used to complain about it, which is why they built up the inside a little bit more. But there was a reason they had that. It used to be a big, huge overhang, a, a big rock. And, of course, eventually the rock went kaplunk. And so they had to rebuild it. But before then, it was exactly six feet. And he was bigger than that, but smaller than that first knot up there. So that put him between six and a half feet to seven feet tall. And I can't do that with everything, but... That one, I know with that certainty how about how big he was. And he seemed to me like he was closer to that seven-foot mark than he was at six and a half. Because he was, he was pretty big, and he was much broader across the chest. But still um, shaggy, reddish-brown. Um, his eyes had that blue hint to him every once in a while, and I don't know why. And I only stared at him for a split second because he didn't feel right. There was something about him that just felt... Um, I don't want to see evil, but he felt hungry, and and I didn't want to hang around if he was actually hungry. I I, I may only be five feet tall, but I I guess I'd be considered fun size, you know, like the candy bars. <laughs> right, right, yeah. For a dog man, I'm sure you might be fun size, and that that instinct to get out of there, I think, was a, a good call. You don't want to be a, around a big, hungry, bipedal canine <laughs> when they're hungry. Yeah, that, that was the closest I can relate it to people. And they they think I'm nuts, but if they can see some of the things I actually do on the paranormal level, they'll understand that sometimes I just get these impressions from people. Like my partner came in one day and I said, God, who died? I meant it as a, he looked really bad, but literally that's what had happened. Somebody died. Right. So you are a sensitive. I I have been exploring this pattern among experiencers, and uh, it, it, it usually is the case, I'm finding, or at least is often the case, that when a person has a sighting of some kind, like a Bigfoot sighting, or in your case, a Dogman sighting, they often have another type of experience as well. They are often sensitive in other ways, like uh, they're spiritually attuned, they're psychically sensitive, uh, they are dreamers, they have dream communications, they see UFOs, they see ghosts, uh, they interact with entities of some kind. People who have had these kinds of sightings often have other kinds of experiences as well, and it sounds like you're one of those people. Yeah, it's it's turning out to be that way because... Uh, I met someone some years ago who who said that after they had their first uh, dogman experiences, it just seemed to trip up their paranormal experiences. Well, for me, it was it wasn't just that. Since then, I've had one Bigfoot encounter, and I've had a UFO encounter. I couldn't explain, and it just blew my mind that these things actually exist. And that says a lot, considering I seen a <laughs> seen a dogman. <laughs> Tell me about it. I can appreciate it. I've I've had similar experiences, except I haven't seen a dog man. So, uh, I mean, yeah, and and it just blows your your mind, you know. Like you're you're one person who sees all these various things that aren't supposed to exist at all. Um, and and you know, then you know, good luck conveying that to other people and having them believe you. So, what are what what happens next, Christine? 
Well, for years, everything was dormant except for my paranormal um, powers went completely wonky on me. And I was trying to rear rear them in. A lot of people hated me because I would accidentally say things or answer them long before they answered. And it creeped them out. They just, they used the word eerie for me. That's what they called me, Little Miss Eerie. So um, it would always hurt my feelings because it's not things that you do on purpose. In fact, half the time, you're not even aware you have done them, or most of the time. And um, then I was driving home from EMS when I decided to recertify after a little break. I had stayed late to help one of my classmates because he was nervous about the final. And I was a little nervous about some of the other stuff because I cracked a rib a couple of days before. And we were working on that. So I was coming down through our neighborhood probably about 12. 12, uh, 11, 12 o'clock at night. And this herd of deer is like hauling, hiding down through here. And I'm like, wow, what's going on here? And I thought, you know, I might want to stop the truck. I hit one of them. It's going to make a bad day for them and my truck. And I had an F-150 at the time. And um, I was watching the deer go across. And the next thing I know, I see a, a male, uh, a buck. And I couldn't tell if he got thrown in my truck or what. But his head was tilted backwards like the way they come. Um, and usually they won't do that. They'll keep their head neutral so they can, they got great peripheral vision. So I thought it was a little odd at the time, but even more so after Vic pointed out, there wouldn't have been no reason for him to, to have done that unless he was already injured or he got thrown into my truck. But all I do know is this big, ugly, hairy hand comes across the truck of my nose, grabs this deer and comes all the way around where I could plainly see it and bites into its neck splatters me my truck everything was blood because i had the windows down and then has their audacity to just roll that one big red eye back at me like daring me are you going to try to take this deer away from me it's like no why would i do that i just waited for him to get his kill off my truck stuck it in reverse and haul butt back up the uh, up the a blind mountain was to up a blind curve no less. It was really stupid, but I was terrified. And I went and drove around for a while trying to calm myself down and I couldn't. So I called my husband. Hey, can I stay over at your house tonight? Yeah, sure. And I said, uh, could you, you know, meet me at the door? I'm gonna park as close as I can, blah, blah, blah. I came flying in there and got in, locked the door, went to the kids' rooms, locked all the windows and everything. Of course he's thinking, she lost her mind, you know. <laughs> It's finally happened. She's just out there. And then I got in bed and I was just crying and shaking and um I wouldn't stop. And by the time he was getting ready for work, I'd finally gone to sleep. And God, this is still so hard to even talk about. He wakes me up when he's getting ready for work. He wants to know what I hit with my truck. Because he still took care of my insurance then. And um he's holding up these black hairs. He goes, you hit a bear with it? That would explain the size of the dents in your car. So I only have one dent from where the deer hit me. He goes, no, you have two. And I went out there. Sure enough, I had hit it and the deer, but I don't know how. And when I sent those hairs off to my friend, she said she couldn't identify them. She was going to send them off to somebody else, and they got lost to what I was told last. But I really wanted to know what that hair was. Because I ain't never seen anything like it before or felt anything like it before on the trail. So what did you see on the hood of your truck there? What, describe in exacting detail the being who bit into the neck of this deer. It was an overly large dog. I couldn't see its ears because they, they seemed like they were back, laid back. Um, but he was, he was just built first. Or, or she. I really couldn't tell that part. But the teeth and the snout and everything, the nails told me that it was a dog man. The, the teeth on this thing, they were huge. And its beak was much bigger than the other two had been. And the teeth came down and the other one's up and they kind of met, but not together, but enough that, you know, you could tell that they rip and tear and bite hard. They're, they're bone crushing, but they tear too. Um, that's from the biology angle. And his fur was very much like a wolf's 
he appeared very wolf-like, but he had these really weird red eyes. Um, they were creepy. It was almost like you could see into your soul. They were so um, memorizing, but you just got this feeling, you know, don't mess with me. You know, um, I don't like your kind. But that was it. That was all I got for that. Don't take this away from me and we'll be fine. I ain't got no argument like that. You got bigger claws than I do. But his claws seem bigger than the one, other ones, too. I would put his more about the five inch, if not bigger, but at least five inches long. But they have that same curved under for the most part. And um, I noticed something odd, and that is it seemed like he could actually communicate on some level, but in other words, not. But I don't know if I was having a sensitive moment where I just got that feeling like, don't take this away from me. You know, but what was really weird is he was all black. It looked like he had little hits of uh, white or silver here and there. But you could see clearly that around the eyes was real hairy. And around the snout was shorter hair and um, off to the sides, it got thicker as it went out more. And you could see that he had a nice mane of hair uh, from top. His shoulders were wide, you know, and he was built. Um, what what I found most interesting about him was he didn't have as much hair on his chest itself, though, despite how broad it was. And I couldn't see until he was started walking away that he had that same basic type of dog shape, uh, dogman type shape that they're known for. But I, one thing I still don't remember seeing with him, and it could have been the fear, and that was the tail. I don't remember seeing a tail with that one. Because with the other two, I definitely saw that the fluffy tail. Because um, it, it's a strange, because the spots were on the tail too, I think. But I, I'm not going to swear to that. Right, right. You can only say what you can say, and I'm glad that you're only sticking to what you can say. You know, I'm I'm glad you don't, you know, just make something up if you don't know the answer to it. That's that's good. I'm I'm that's a good thing. I'm glad for that. So, uh, you mentioned the chest was relatively hairless. Did the chest have nipples? No nipples. Well, you know, it had the typical male type nipples. You know, for decoration, that looked like it was about it. Right. I just think that's that's interesting because, you know, you had seen this other one that had very canine-like nipples way down, or at least something more canine-like. Um, so I it just, now this one has human-like male nipples. I, I'm just kind of, note. I'm just making note of these things. That would be actually fairly accurate because a chest well that well-defined would probably be more like a weightlifter's chest. Because I don't remember there being as much hair on the arms either, though it was kind of straggly on the bottom, but it was also um, just coming out of spring heading into summer too. So they might have been shedding for all I know. Was this also in West Virginia? No, that was here in Arizona, like okay. here, here. Right. Until I wrote the books, we moved back up here and I was terrified all the time. <laughs> <laughs> I certainly look forward to reading your books. I'm I'm definitely going to read them now. Uh, so what part of Arizona do you live in and did these things take place in? I live in central Arizona, Yavapai County. We're named after the Yavapai Apache um, Reservation. I'm just trying to get a sense of the topography of the area of the, or of the natural features. The closest thing to us is Prescott. I'm in the high desert. So you wouldn't expect to find these things here. Um, but five miles up the creek was another terrifying encounter. Some guys were out there, and it's in one of my books. We're out there goofing off, doing uh, coyote and wolf yells off their iPod, and a very large upright canine decided to pay them a visit. They haven't gone back since. They're too terrified. How long ago did this happen? This year. Then when my sons went in the same area, they had some kind of wolf following them too or wolves they said there were at least six of them so that's only five miles up the road so that something's going on we just don't know what yeah something is going on big time so you've seen three different species of them i'd, I'd like to understand that uh how, how have you seen these different species four. and four different species and uh four 
How how have you identified them as distinct from one another? Well, the hyena ones look like hyenas, and they don't look anything like um, the other ones do at all. They they look like they look like breast um, weight um, yeah weightlifters, and um, they're just broader across the chest. The hair is not as shaggy or ugly looking, and it's not so much that they're ugly; it's just they do look like hyenas. Hyenas, unfortunately, aren't the most beautiful of creatures. Uh, these wolf-like ones, some of them look like German shepherds. Some look like blue healers. Some look like uh, pit bull puppies. When they're little, that's what I've been told. And uh, I think that the other two that I've seen here where I live were just a question of um, they had that wolf-like uh, look. Whereas the one I saw up in Alpine, uh, my fifth encounter, which was totally unexpected, when I, I I was so excited. I mean, oh, I have got to tell you the story from the beginning. Then we can skip the loft story altogether. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I want to hear all of it. So, I mean, whatever you all have right, to tell right. me. <laughs> okay. So before we get to that point, we got to tell the most painful story. <laughs> Please do. Um, I don't know if it's seen on the road or whatnot, but we had taken in someone and I had moved upstairs to the loft. And I had my own entrance and everything as far as going up to it um, from inside the house, but not from the outside. I had a balcony. And um, it was a very nice balcony. You know, I had my chair set up and a few things I didn't want in my room I put out there because I just thought they were ugly and tacky. And, um, like, you know, I had a big Schlitz beer sign. You know, why would I need that? (laughs) Nightlight. Be the best nightlight ever, but <laughs> just it wouldn't have jived with you know the peace and calm I was trying to generate there. So the first night that Rebecca, that's what we're going to call her, was down in my room, she insisted we call the police. And it wasn't until they got there that she told us why. She goes, "There's a werewolf staring at me through the window." And of course, I didn't say anything. I was like, "Yeah, hopefully she just hallucinated this." But apparently, she got in the back room, came back, she insisted on the sheer. Uh, curtains and I always kept them covered I didn't want to know what's outside there the human element around some parts just ain't the greatest so of course they go out they're looking they didn't find no tracks nothing uh, we're just checking it up to Alzheimer's at this point a few nights later me and grandma stay up late watching and, and I mean grandma not Rebecca we stayed up late watching uh, Josh Brolin movies because she's a huge fan and what the hell, he is gorgeous, so why not? So, we watched um, Men in Black 3 and No Country for Old Men. And the last one we watched was Only on the Only the Brave because it took it takes place here with our 19 firefighters that passed away. Uh, um, the Yarnell incident fire. I go up to my room. It's about 1 o'clock. I do what I do every night. I go outside. I light up my bad habit. And all of a sudden, something starts coming up the tree, and I can hear it, and it's coming up fast. I'm like, oh, damn, I'm not going to make it back inside in time. But I do. I take the cigarette with me in the ashtray, and I lock the door, and about then, my light just goes flying across to the other side. And I can hear this sound, and it's like, what the hell is that? That doesn't sound like a bear. It doesn't sound like a cougar. That It's not a bobcat. What is that? What is that? Both my dogs just pee on the floor and take off down down the stairs was a spiral staircase and neither one of them could manage it all that well. I don't think Toby made it all the way. I think fell, <laughs> to be honest. Uh, Patrick was so little, you know, it just probably took him a while, but he, he made it. But they wanted to be as far away as they could. And and that's the point there. I stood there stock still, about ready to just, you know, empty my own bladder when I decided stop being such a chicken and look out and see what it is. It's got to be a bear. So I look out and it's looking back at me. Big, beautiful amber eyes, really pointy ears that are just so cute and nice beak, full of teeth, sharp, sharp looking teeth. And he sticks his clawed hand up there and I put mine next to his and I notice that he has pads on the inside just like a regular dog, and on the bottom, just like a regular dog, and how sharp those claws actually look up close. If you look up close, you can see they got like a little carved ending on the tip, 
really interesting. And um, I'm thinking, I am way too close to this thing, and I can't move. I can't breathe. I can't pull myself from staring at him. He is so beautiful. And all of a sudden, you can hear the porch just suddenly start to give way. And his eyes, they just went, oh! And I pointed to the gate, and he just, it creeps me out to even say this now. But he took his fingernail, and he just lifted the gate up, the lock, went over the top of it. It's like, why bother doing that if you can go over the top? Jumped off the there, and then went down the creek. And I, I didn't see him again for years. But that, that first reaction to actually pulling out the curtain and seeing him was just so terrifying. Because he had been posturing. He had been making so much noise out there. I thought he was coming through the door and going to kill me. And I, I, I still am shocked to this day. I'm still here. And when you first looked out and saw him, he was standing upright. No, he was kneeling down. Yeah, he was sitting. Or at least he looked like he was sitting, squatting. Sitting like a dog would sit? Not necessarily a dog, more like a human. Like a human squatting? Yeah. Okay. And then, and, and he was where exactly? Was he on the porch? Yeah, he was on the loft's porch. We were 25, 26 feet up in the air. He wouldn't have been able to stand up there. I think he was way too big to be able to stand up. I mean, fully upright. He would have conked his head good. And then, and then he extended his hand to the window, and, and you placed your hand parallel to his on the window. Is that what I'm understanding? Yeah. Don't ask me why, but I did it anyways. When you saw his hand, did, did he have a thumb? Yeah, he had all those digits. So, so he had like a human-shaped hand? Mm-hmm. With large nails. Like he had raccoon hands. Right, okay, so it was like he had an opposable thumb, like he could hold things in his hands, right? Oh, I, I definitely know he could hold things in his hands because he was still holding things in his hands. Not that one. He had something in the other hand. I didn't see what it was. Well, this is very interesting. What color did you say his hair was? He was all black and silver. It was a full moon. That's why I thought he was. Don't laugh. I thought he was a werewolf because it was a full moon. <laughs> Well, I mean, I'm not convinced it wasn't a werewolf. What makes you think it wasn't? I I will never know for sure, and I don't want to know. As long as he wasn't interesting in coming in there. But I think whatever brought him up to there now, knowing what I do know about him, he was protecting me from something. And whatever was in his other hand, that was probably the something. Because whatever he jumped off the porch with, he took it with him. But I didn't see what it was. It was just to me, was it just a, a lump? I thought he stole something off my porch. So you've alluded to a continuing relationship with this individual. I'd like to hear about that, please. About Thomas? When we get to that part, I'd be happy to tell you about Thomas. Oh, I gave him the name. Oh, okay. (laughs) Well, yeah. Yeah. I want to, I mean, you go, I mean, just tell me as as you see fit. I'm I'm just, I'm just listening. I want to share about Thomas now because we have a very um, unique relationship. He seems to always know where I'm at grandma's. The first time back, he left me a cat. Well, I didn't eat the cat, so this time he left me a mouse. But every time I go, I leave him something, too. And what happened was I took some random pictures of the backyard, and they were random. And I did not realize he was in the pictures until someone sent them back to me and said, did you see this and this and this? I was like, no. When I went out there, I felt a little creepy, but I always do. And it was because he was there the whole time. <laughs> I did see him. Um, we we are, We're getting it easier going relationship um he he obviously is the only person that would be strong enough or being strong enough to move the log out of my way or the, the tree that had fallen down for me to mow it's starting to be a rewarding relationship that's what i'm gonna say i i'm still terrified of him though and he knows that how how has this relationship become rewarding just in um realizing that he's not there to hurt me it helps a lot to you know the he has his home somewhere along there, and he has his family that he belongs to. And, you know, he, he, he just he happens to be an area that he hunts in because it's very plentiful of, of the deer. And, and uh, I used to have a lot of rabbits and coyotes, too, but it doesn't anymore. And imagine why. Knowing that he's not there to hurt us personally helps. But he also keeps anyone who, any others who are there for that purpose, from coming to hurt us. How do you know this? Well, he's alluded to it. I mean, they could talk to you if they want to with block letters, 
or um, flash images in your head. I've only had that experience twice now, and it's just not something I I feel comfortable even talking about because I don't trust that it's real yet. But I've been told by other people that is generally how they do it. Or they just open their mouths and talk to you. And I can tell you if they open their mouths and talk to me, I'm out of there. Has that happened? I mean, I understand that you're, it, it sounds very scary to you. Have they done that? Yeah, um, that happened to me quite recently. And that started with, started the terror again for me is um, I didn't realize that I, I can communicate with them. I did understand when I had the experience at Alpine um, months before I kept having this dream to go up to this meadow and the dogman would meet me there. So we're unpacking for my, my birthday and I look out and there's a the meadow. I was like, oh crap, I got here all by myself. You know, and it took maybe half a day of hiding out in, in a room in our cabin before I decided I have to go exploring. I have to go see these horses. So I volunteered to take some apples down and, and feed the horses, but they were acting completely nuts. Like there was a large predator around. They were squishing together, whining, bucking. And then out of nowhere, one of the big dogs knocks me down to the ground and won't let me up. It used to be that that wasn't much of a problem because I used to weigh 265. Now I weigh under 150 pounds, and the dog weighed 190 pounds, so I felt like a pancake. And while I was down there, I thought, well, that's the oddest truck I've ever seen. It's got pointy little toes on it, but it's shaped like a Bigfoot. And so I wonder what that could be. And I had went to reach for my camera, and it just, this is going to sound ridiculous, but it just blew out of my way. And every time I try to take a picture, it would say something like uh, camera full or low battery. It was just always something. I couldn't get the picture, and I was getting so mad. And finally, the the dog let me up, and I went into the lodge. I was going to go get a picture of this. So I got my camera camera, and um, I came back, and it was just, I started to go around, and the dog's like, no, you can't go any further than the porch. So I was like, fine, I'll just watch the wildlife. Then I'll get a picture later when you're not looking stupid or mutt. And so I sat down and I had my binoculars out. I was like, that is so weird. There's no wildlife at all out there. You know, you would think a normal person who's been in the woods their whole life, see that there's absolutely no birds, no sound, nothing. But know that something's wrong. For me, I'm just sitting in my binoculars going, huh, huh? wonder what's going to pop out now. So. Eventually, he came out of the tree line, and I saw him, but I saw him for the feet up. So I'm looking at the feet, I'm thinking, wow, cool, awesome, 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 awesome. I'm getting to see a Bigfoot. I'm getting to see a Bigfoot. I get to the ears, like, oh, crap, is that a Bigfoot? Because he had pointy ears, and he had a long snout like a dog man, but he looked like a Bigfoot. I was like, crap. (laughs) That was the weirdest one yet. So I called Vic. I said, hey, are there any that look like this? He's like, oh, yeah, sure. And he held up the apples. I ditched ditched the apples into the forest. And the next morning, there was a white feather and a green rock on my truck. And the white feather is a sign of peace. The green rock means there's another large predator around. Later that day, a very large mountain lion was, in fact, killed. I understand you to be saying that this individual's body was in every way like a Sasquatch with hands and feet and upright and just built like a Sasquatch, but then its head was not that... his feet. The feet had the feet had uh, extended claws. I, I've never seen that on a Bigfoot picture. So they were shaped like a Bigfoot's feet, but they had claws on them. Is that what the way that was? That's what it looked like to me. Yeah. Okay. So, like a Bigfoot, with the addition of the claws on the feet, and then mm-hmm. also a, a canine dogman head, is, is, am I understanding? Yeah, definitely that. Yeah. And it had the claws, too. All right. Those claws seem to be universal. I've never seen them any other way. But I often wonder if they come any other way. Well, it certainly makes sense that they would have those claws. Now, where did this take place? This was also in Arizona? Mm-hmm. This is up... Um, 260. I had gone to investigate a story, and it was my birthday, and I went to stay at a lodge up there. Um, I heard lovely reviews about it, and um, we do that for major birthdays and anniversaries, whatnot. I talked to the lady. I I actually knew her fairly well. 
I took care of her sister for quite a few years before she went into assistant living. And uh, she had unfortunately passed to COVID. And then when she was driving home from the hospital, from talking to her sister, you know, being there, there was a dogman in the road one minute. And the next minute, a Bigfoot came and ripped his head off, took the entire thing with it, scared her half to death because she'd never seen either. And so I went to investigate what the likelihood that that would be a good area for that. Because as far as I knew, you go this way and you're in the painted desert. You go this way, you're in, apparently you're in heavy forest. Um, but I did not realize I was going into the area that had the uh, rodeo chesse fire. Um, Back at the early 2000s, and uh, it was one of our biggest fires ever here. And you can still see evidence of this fire um, there, but you can also see new life coming back up. Uh, so yeah, it was very dense um, forest in some places, and in others, plenty of food because they had wild horses and cattle and stuff that were just riding free range. So I, I can kind of see them being in those areas. We also have this thing called here in Arizona, the Mogollon Monster. Right. The Mogollon Monster is our Bigfoot, and he's known to be extremely temperamental. This is not someone you want to stop and say hi to. This is this is actually something you want to avoid. Yes, I'm familiar with reports of the Mogollon Monster and his temperament. So are you saying that the Mogollon Monster was reported to have ripped the head off of a dogman and carried it away? Uh, she said it was a Bigfoot. Whether or not it's a Mogollon monster one is, is debatable. But I, I can't tell you that for ever, whatever reason. Um, I've had four encounters that I've documented here. And of those four, one ended peacefully. And, and that one, for whatever reason, seemed to think she was having a fit and tried to feed her medicine. Okay, what happened there? She went out to do what she does best. She collects herbs. She was growing some up in the mountains um, because they grow better up there. Her, um, it's part of her culture. She went up to collect them. She had her earphones on. A lot of people, when they go hiking, do not think that if you have your earphones on, you can't hear. If you can't hear, you're not going to hear a mountain lion, a bear, people calling your name. It, it, it's it's stupid. You shouldn't do it. But after the preaching's over, <laughs> that's what she did. So she's collecting it, and of course she's bouncing her head up and down to the music. I do it. I'm sure you do it too when you got your music on, you got your tunes beaten. And for whatever reason, she sees these feet right in front of her, and it bends down, tries to feed her this, this uh, pancake solution, and she takes some timid bites. And she said she felt great on the way back because she'd been hurting like hell, you know. But she felt great on the way back, so I'm going to say it was probably an anesthetic it gave her. But it, you know, she took her earphones off after that. <laughs> I just want to make sure I understand exactly what or who gave her this pancake type thing. What what was it that gave it to her? She says it was a Bigfoot-like creature. She saw its feet, and um, she was still down on the ground. She was afraid to move. It knelt down beside her and made sure she took the, the medicine. Stop or fit. I imagine they don't get to see things like that very often. And for whatever reason, it was concerned enough to want to give her medicine. Does this relate to uh, the sighting of the Bigfoot ripping the head off of a dogman? Same area. Well, Anne, uh, we are in the last few minutes of the show. I can tell there's all kinds of stuff that, that, that we haven't even begun to get into yet. I would like to have repeated conversations with you, if you don't mind, uh, because no there's problem. good, because there's just a lot we need to talk about. And I can tell that this is, this is very important. That was just the first book. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There's, there's a lot, there's a lot more going on in the second one. Trust me. <laughs> Yeah, and I can tell there's a lot of important stuff here. You've you've named a number of things. First of all, your very specific observations about the three different types, um, about uh, their their appearances, little details about the tips of their fingers and stuff like that. I I really this is very useful and important information. What's more, a number of things that you're talking about uh, parallel other kinds of experiences, um, like with Bigfoot encounters, you're, you're, you're mentioning things that have very strong parallels with the Bigfoot phenomenon. And I'm interested in exploring that. And as a matter of fact, you named a number of things that, 
that actually are elements in an event that is unfolding right now. So, I mean, you have a lot of really interesting stuff to say. Uh, it's important information. I want to talk to you a lot more. Um, the last question I want to ask you, I actually started to ask you earlier and we got sidetracked. I just want to know at the end of the show now uh, a little bit about how you've managed to uh, identify these three different types. What separates them into three different species for you? Well, the ones that I've seen in West Virginia, their hair is shaggier. Be it the hyena kind or the other, their hair is shaggier and generally more. And I think it's because it's a colder climate. They also seem to be thinner. Out here, I swear, they look like they've been, you know, lifted the weights. So for some reason, whenever they're stocking here, oh, that's stupid. They're stocking cows here. They're, 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 what they'll be stocking here is probably as big as they are. I mean, for one thing, we have bears here that can get up to 900 pounds, sometimes more. Uh, and they they won't ever sleep. So, yeah, they would need to be bigger. But um, I think it's because they're adjusting to their niche. Now, the one I haven't been able to explain is the dogman Sasquatch, because it looks like a crossbreed between the two, unless somebody actually took the two and crossbreeded them, or they crossbreeded. I do know of a few places where they get along, but at most of the part, I don't know of any places else where they get along. You know, the person who did all the photographs for my newest book, the billabong where he goes, they get along great. They watch each other's kids. They co If one goes hunting, the other one gets fruit or other scavenging. And then next week or whatever it is, it's the opposite way around. But an adult's always there for the children. And they watch both sets of children. And they only have one at a time. So... You know, I, I have doubts when people say they have litters because now I've heard from four different people, maybe more, one. And that sounds about right. You know, I think it would be hard for them to have a whole litter of pups. Sure. A bipedal being, I don't think, would be one to have litters that doesn't uh, kind of really doesn't jibe with 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 the whole walking upright thing, I would imagine. I think physiologically it wouldn't be as doable as people think it is. Um, I think the reason that they have only one is the same reason we generally will only have one. I mean, I'm sure they can have more than one, just as we can. But um, it has to do with what their bodies themselves can tolerate in terms of producing milk and stuff like that, too. I think that's going to play part in, uh, into it is their diet. And all of this points, of course, toward telling us more and more about exactly what they are. I thought about asking that, and I don't know why I haven't. It's just, I feel stupid talking to something, and if they were to actually talk back to me, I'd probably pass out dead away. <laughs> uh, you know, actually, that's, that's so funny that you mentioned that, because I was just talking about preparing questions for another encounter, and now you're talking about preparing questions. Yeah, I, I really think that you should ask that. Uh, I, I think you should ask that question and whatever other questions you have. If you want to, if you want me to give you some input, like you you want to kind of devise a plan with me, I'd be, I'd love to go over that with you to, you know, like how you formulate these questions and what to do and how to not run away and all that stuff. Well, my first show definitely ran away with me. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. I think I felt like my co-host um, did more of the work than I did. Um, but I could barely talk, um, so it worked out good for me because we still had our time limit. And this week, you know, I have to keep in control of it and keep the questions going. Um, but I'm going to be dealing with individual stories relating to my illness, gastroparesis. Um, I, I'm like them. I'm fed up when I have to go to the emergency room for much-needed medication being treated with such indignity. Because this is a serious medical condition that can cost us our lives. And we deserve better treatment than that. You know, we have a right to be afraid. We don't know when this is going to end. There's no set planned treatment. And so when you've been sick for weeks on end, you don't need attitude. You need compassion. Absolutely. Yeah, well, I I hope you feel better. That's, that sucks. I'm sorry you, you're not well. Well, there's no getting better because there's no cure. But I'm waiting for a surgery that might be able to help. It's just I had a complication come up. 
And anyways, I just want to be able to raise awareness for other people too. The whole point of putting together Christine's 411 and having that, that title, the 411 back in the day meant information. I want to put different types of information out there to help other people raise awareness, whether it be from dogman encounters, because I know how these people get judged. I've been there. My own husband, he didn't believe me. He believes in UFOs, but he don't believe in dogmen. Go figure. But I didn't believe in UFOs until a few weeks ago. Like, so. <laughs> not, until a, not until a spaceship just disappeared from my eye. I'm like, what the heck? I didn't just see that. You saw this happen yeah. a few weeks ago? Yeah, we sit there at the hot tub. I was following this weird-looking plane from the sky. And I thought, wow, it's flying really up high. Got over us. was hovering for a while. And I thought, wow, that's pretty cool. It could do that. And it just disappeared like a Klingon ship. And I was like, whatever. I didn't see that. <laughs> wow. But my husband caught that. He goes, you believe in dogman and Bigfoot, but you don't believe in UFOs. I'm like, Duh, well, I do now. <laughs> yeah, now you do. Wow. Well. You have some incredible experiences. I want you to keep me abreast of them as you're having them, if you don't mind. Every, every time you have something like that happen, just message me or something, will you? Oh, I will. Great. So you can just call me when you want to do a, um, a second part to the show, because, sorry, this took so long. Oh, no, no. It, it's, an, it's an hour show, so we took exactly as long as it was supposed to. So, Christine, uh, what? Uh, tell, us, tell us about your books again. How do we get your books on Amazon? You can go on to Amazon, and for any of you who are looking for stuff that are college-educated edu- level writing, this isn't for you. <laughs> I did not have an editor on any of my books. So what you're getting is straight up Christine. I write like I talk. Some people like it. Some people, you know, they, they'll rip me apart for it. Dogman's Return, I swear to God, it must have had a curse on it. <laughs> I've corrected it and corrected it. And I just hope you enjoy it and take it for what it's worth. Because you know, these people put themselves out there with these stories. And some of them, you know, I had questioned the artisticity of, but I decided to put them in there because they had a good moral behind them or because um, who am I to to pass that judgment? I mean, some of the things that happened to me would blow people's mind away. So I just hope you guys would take it in those spirit. You can find it on Amazon and um, any comments you would have. My name is on there and my email and you can just go ahead and drop me a line. Great. So uh, what are the titles again? Nightmare in the Woods is the first book um, What we went over today. And the second book is called The Dogman's Return. And that is Christine Ann with a Y. Christine is spelled with a Y. Christine Ann. Yeah, and Ann. And Ann is spelled with an E, like Queen Ann. And uh, you, Christine 411, uh, how do we look for that? Well, this week it, they said it's supposed to go to... Um, YouTube, as well as the uh, Facebook page. But anybody wants to send me a friend request, I'll, I'll hook you up to, the, to me that way for sure. I will answer back any uh, friend request for Christiane's 411 because I really would like to get the show off and going. I'm always looking for new guests, as well as um, I'm interested in hearing how people got started in this too, because it's fascinating. Um, you know, I've met authors so far and I've met talk show hosts and whatnot. And I just feel privileged. And I just want to thank all of you who have been reading and buying this newest book because you guys are blowing me out of the water how fast it's moving. Well, that's great. I uh, can't wait to read it myself. And uh, I hope you're going to get a bunch more people reading it. This is very incredible information that you have here, uh, Christine. And I really hope for for people to buy your book after hearing about this thank you christine ann thank you so much for joining me today on type 471 i look forward to speaking with you more in the future you too have a good day you too thank you very much take care if you've encountered a bigfoot or a dogman or have had any type of extraordinary encounter or experience email me at type 471 podcast at gmail.com Look for Type 471 Podcast on the platform of your choosing. Apple, Spotify, Google, what have you. 
Also, check out the Type 471 Podcast YouTube channel. Each YouTube video contains all media associated with each episode. Please consider following or subscribing to Type 471 on the platform or platforms of your choosing. And further show your support for Type 471 by reviewing and commenting on the platforms of your choosing. Help the show grow by sharing with friends who are into the paranormal and the extraordinary. And check out the Bigfoot Encounters and Book Club Facebook group headed by Casey Miller. I co-admin the group along with Casey, and we would like to interact with you there about all things Bigfoot related. I'm Sam Kitchen. Thanks for listening to Type 471.